0: Good evening, Tree of Life Church. Welcome to Midweek Bible Study. So good to be able to connect with you tonight in your home and uh, to share with you the word of the Lord. Uh, these, are, these are interesting times, but uh, God is proving to be just what he's always promised us that he is, a good God, a faithful God who leads us, guides us, shepherds us through uh, these valleys and through these challenging times. I'm so thankful for all of you that you're tuning in, that you're joining in, that you're staying connected. Uh, that's a wonderful thing, and it's important to your walk with God to be able to do just that, and it's, it's even of greater importance as we continue this journey, and it is a journey, uh, but as we continue this journey, it's, it's so vitally significant to your walk with God that we stay connected to the Word of God, to the Word of Truth, to the Church of the Living God and uh, it's just an honor to be able to talk with you, share with you the Word of God in these times and in these ways. Thank God for the technology we have that we're able to do this, that we're able to live stream and put the Word of God out there and into our homes. What a blessing. What an absolute blessing. And uh, it's just going to be a good time. So grab your Bible and uh, get a little uh, cup of coffee or bottle of water, and, uh, and, and let's look into the Word of the Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm reading tonight from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 6. And I'm going to be speaking to you on a subject called spiritual distancing. Spiritual distancing. Our text is going to come from 2 Corinthians, chapter 6. And I want to read to you just a few verses of scripture beginning at the 14th verse. And this is what the word of the Lord says Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Spiritual distancing. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time we have to share in your word. I pray that you'll bless your holy scriptures as they come off the page, leaping off the page and into our hearts and into our minds, strengthening us and causing us to, grow more like you every day. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Spiritual distancing. We've heard a lot about physical distancing. We've heard a lot about social distancing. Uh, We've kind of gotten away from the term social distancing because people wanted to be clear, hey, we can still be social. We can still reach out and connect with one another. But the real challenge and the real need has been to physically distance. This has been... A phenomenon that none of us were fully uh, prepared to face. Uh, Nothing like this has happened in our lifetime and and yet here we are physically distanced making sure that we stay six feet or more, uh, I like to say seven feet, from other people. Uh, Why? Well it's because of this rogue virus, this virus that has just caught everybody flat-footed, not just People, but, but medical experts and scientists, doctors, and, and, and health professionals. It, it's caused all of us to stop and say what in the world is happening to our society and what is this virus and what is it capable of? We've learned that it can be contagious, dramatically more contagious than the seasonal flu. Uh, we've learned, and, and the more that we continue, we learn more and more about this virus it spreads so quickly it spreads so easily and so physical distancing has been important because the virus they say is transferred through respiratory droplets respiratory droplets that come from our lungs when we sneeze when we cough it comes from our nasal passages and and even when we even when we talk they say it can it can put respiratory droplets into the atmosphere. What a, what a truly terrifying thought this has been for the last couple of months. And everybody has worn masks and they're telling us that we need to do that more often, gloves. These are all things that are new to us and yet we're growing accustomed to it, we're acclimating to it as long as this virus hangs around and as long as we're trying to familiarize ourselves with what it is and what it's capable of. And it's been such a unique journey But it has brought to my mind the idea not just of physical distancing, but spiritual distancing. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, spiritual distancing. Because this virus is unlike anything we've seen in the natural, but we're very familiar with the ways of this virus because we have seen it operate in the spiritual. There's a spiritual virus. Spiritual virus of sinfulness, worldliness, fleshliness, carnality. And this thing operates very similarly to the way that the coronavirus operates. It, it, it moves invisibly and you can run into it without knowing that you have encountered it. You can step into an environment, an atmosphere that's, that is full of contagions, that's full of, of problems, viral infections that are just waiting to latch on to you, not just physically, but I'm talking now about spiritually. It's why the Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. The Bible is describing a need within us as, as children of God to have pure hearts, to have pure minds, to protect ourselves from those spiritual viruses like bitterness, and lust and pride and envy and greed, those spiritual viruses that just float through the air and and can be passed from one person to another. You know what I'm talking about. Somebody that you have been with that may not serve the Lord, that may not have a walk with God that is that is uh, healthy and strong. Maybe they're just maybe they're just uh, very far from God completely. And when you walk away from that environment, Sometimes you can, you can still feel the negativity. You can still feel what they're struggling with. That's, that's a spiritual viral activity. And I want to talk to you about how to be spiritually distanced from those things that can bring you down. Now, here's what you have to remember. We are sent by God as ambassadors for Christ into this world. We're sent by God with the ministry of reconciliation and with the word of reconciliation in our mouth. So we don't hide from our uh, responsibility or shirk our responsibility. We have a role to play in this world. We don't isolate ourselves from the world around us, but we have a responsibility to step into this world and not be overcome with evil, but to overcome evil with good. We have a responsibility to step into this world with, with the understanding that, hey, God is with me, God is for me, and I have to go understanding that there are viral contagions all around me, and they're everywhere you look. They are in entertainment. They are in various industries. They're in your workplace. They're in your school. They're, they're even in your home sometimes, and, and you, you have a hard time getting away from them. I want you to know that there's a shelter in Jesus that there is a holy place in which you can enter. There is a pavilion that we hide in. He is a strong tower, our refuge and our fortress. And you can be shut in with God, distanced from those spiritual viruses and those, those evil contagions. In fact, we're told right now to wear masks. We're told right now to wear gloves. We're told right now that there are certain things we need to do to take precautions so that things don't get attached to our, to our bodies and to our, the inner workings of our breathing apparatuses. The same is true of the Spirit. Paul said to put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand in the evil day and withstand all the wiles of the devil. Those wiles of the devil are temptations. Those wiles of the devil are those cunning devices of the enemy that want to bring you down. Invisible influences, intangible suggestions, temptations that the enemy brings against you, the child of God. Now, that might make you afraid as you hear it because you know what I'm talking about. You can feel sometimes the encroachment of the enemy in your life. But but I want you to go back to what the Apostle John told us in the fourth chapter. He said, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome the spirit of Antichrist that is already in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so the way that we spiritually distance ourselves from those things that the enemy would bring against us is to is to develop a strong spiritual immune system, to develop a healthy distance from those things we don't need to be a part of. There are certain habits that God wants to deliver you from. There are certain lifestyle choices God wants to deliver you from. There are even certain people that God wants to deliver you from. You know, those influences that that, that have... An ability to weigh you down and to drag you into activities, behaviors that you know are not the will of God for your life. This is an opportunity to spiritually distance yourselves. We have experienced quarantine, which is another unusual thing that we've had to acclimate to. And of course, it has its many challenges. And, and it was unique when it first started in the middle of March. Now we're coming into the end of April. And, and people are getting cabin fever, starting to get a little anxious, wanting to get out, especially as the weather gets nice. And so we want things to get back to normal. Well, there have been some positive things that have come from this. One, I think people, if if they haven't been struggling with their health, and we need to continue to remember in prayer all those that are struggling with their health, that are actually contending with the virus itself, and not just the inconveniences associated with the virus, but are actually contending with the virus pray for them let's continue to pray for them and their families there are many people who are suffering right now but 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 there have been some positive things if you if you've been in quarantine not necessarily suffering from the virus perhaps you've been able to catch up on some rest perhaps you've been able to 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 spend more time with family maybe you've been able to cut some unnecessary spending because some of the stores are not open. And so so these are challenges, but they're also positives. They're also opportunities. And I hope that as things, quote, normalize, unquote, if that's what you want to call it, I hope some things don't normalize. I hope we never go back to being too busy, that we never go back to being a part of a rat race that doesn't make a lot of sense. I hope that we never go back to to just emptying ourselves of all our efforts and energy and not having time for our family, not having time for friends, not having time for the kingdom of God, I hope that there have been some things to shift into perspective and that from this point on, we will distance ourselves from unhealthy habits. Spiritual distancing is important. The Lord said through the Apostle Paul not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, What communion hath light with darkness? What communion hath Christ with Belial? What what is there in common between faith and unrighteousness? There is nothing that that has in common. So so why then do we try to mix it in our normal day-to-day life? Hopefully, this natural quarantine has helped us to make some new resolutions. Not New Year's resolutions, but life changes maybe from this point on. And I hope the same can be said of the spirit man. Hopefully we come out of this, and I believe we will come out of this stronger, better, wiser. Hopefully we come out of this with renewed determination to do the things of God that he's called us to do. A renewed determination to love our families and devote ourselves to those that depend on us for that devotion. And strengthen our fellow man, our fellow neighbor. Loving our neighbors as ourselves, for fulfilling the great commandment of God and that second great commandment that is likened to the first loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. This is and has been a great opportunity for us to just take a step back and say, Let me look at my life again. Let me look at my life choices. Let me look at my walk with God. Let me decide now what things are going to change, what habits I'm not going back to, what, what, what friends I'm going to prioritize in my life. Those people that may drag you down, those people that might influence you away from God, it's time to spiritually distance yourself. those those habits that that you know are not of God and that you know you need to break, those entertainment choices that that you've struggled with through the years, now is an opportunity for you to make a shift and to spiritually distance yourself from those things. The Bible describes a young prophet, a young prophet who was told by God to go from uh, Judah to Bethel, And to prophesy the word of the Lord to King Jeroboam. King Jeroboam was an idolater and he was causing all of Israel to sin the sin of idolatry. He had built a golden calf in Bethel and he had built a golden calf in Dan. And he had forced all of Israel to come to each of those golden calves and to worship them. The Lord took note of it, and put it upon the heart and mind of a young prophet to go from Judah to Bethel and declare the word of the Lord to King Jeroboam. But he gave him this, this uh, uh, instruction. He said, I don't want you to go to anybody's house. I don't want you to go sit in anybody's home. You It's quarantine time. It's physical distance time. You, you don't go anywhere uh, to, to sit down and to go. Spend time eating and spending uh, fellowship with people. You just go do what I told you to do. You go to Bethel and you declare the word of the Lord to King Jeroboam. And then you come back to Judah. So that's what the young prophet did. He walks in, he declares the word of the Lord to King Jeroboam. Jeroboam at first thought, who does he think he is? And he raised his hand to order his execution. And the king's hand withered that he could not draw it back to himself. And it frightened him. And the ashes that were in the altar poured out because the altar was rent. These were signs that the Lord had confirmed the word that he had given to the young prophet. The young prophet left King Jeroboam and he went back to Judah. Before he did, the king said to him, come to my house. He was amazed. He was amazed at what he had seen. And he said, come to my house, sit down with me and tell me more about the destruction of God that is coming upon this idolatry and upon these people who have worshipped idols. And the young prophet said, I can't. The Lord told me that I have to come here and do a work and go directly back to Judah. It's like, like, like there were some stay-at-home orders, if you please. I just got to go do what I'm told to do and get back home on his way back home, he was approached by an old prophet. The old prophet came to him and said to him, Hey, listen, I heard you're the young prophet that spoke a word to King Jeroboam. The young prophet said, Yeah, that's me. He said, Would you come to my house and talk to me more about it? He was still under the same guidelines. He was still under the same orders from God to go do what you gotta do and get back home. Don't go into anybody's house. Don't don't spend time with anybody. He said, no, I can't. The Lord told me that I have to come here, declare his word, and then I have to go back home. The old prophet said, I too am a prophet of God, and it would be fine. The Lord hath said it would be fine for you to come to my house. But he lied. The Bible actually uses those words, but he lied. The old prophet lied to the young prophet. The Lord had not spoken to him that the young man could come to his house. But the young man believed him and he went to his house. Later the old prophet said, you have disobeyed God and your life will be taken from you. He was was, uh, taken by a lion on the way back home. It was a tragic story. He believed the words of the old prophet and he ended up losing his life in the process. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you this. He chose to believe the words that somebody spoke to him that were different from the word God gave to him. Now, when he heard King Jeroboam speak, he rejected it. Out of hand, he rejected it. He said, I'm not listening to you. You're an idolater. You're a sinner. You're somebody who is far from God. He didn't believe that Jeroboam had heard from the Lord and he was right. But when he heard the old prophet, he was willing to lend his ear to what the old prophet was saying because the old prophet was not an idolater. He didn't appear to be a sinner. He appeared to be perfectly fine. And he believed him over God, and it cost him his life. There's a unique element to this coronavirus that does make it more challenging for health experts, and it is this. There are asymptomatic people who carry the contagion of coronavirus. This means they don't show symptoms. They can have it, but it's not affecting them. There's no sneezing. There's no coughing. There's no runny nose. There's no fever. There are none of the normal symptoms associated with the coronavirus. And so they go out thinking they're fine. And this is why we have to physically distance. This is why we have to We have to make sure that we're not infecting anybody because we could be carrying it and not know that we're carrying it because it has affected us differently than it might affect other people. The same is true of spiritual things. There are people all around who look to be fine, who appear to be just fine. There's no blatant sin in their life. There's no obvious sin in their life. There's no apparent sneezing, coughing, spiritually speaking, going on. And so it's, you feel a little more comfortable. Maybe you let your guard down. Hey, listen, hear what I'm telling you. Never let your guard down when it comes to the things of God, to the things of this world. You believe God. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Believe God and hold on to his word and never let somebody convince you otherwise from what the Lord has called you to be and to do. The Apostle Paul said, "'Come out from among them and be ye separate,' "'saith the Lord, and I will receive you. "'Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you.'" So many times we look at things as being harmless, a sinful habit a carnal-mindedness, a fleshly appetite, worldly ways, things that we've made excuses for, that we've justified, that we have we have said this is a part of my life, it's just a part of my nature, it's a struggle I have, and I can't help it, and so I'm just going to embrace it because the world, there are people in the world maybe that tell you that it's all right to embrace. I've come to interrupt that train of thought and say, no, you've got to repent. You've got to turn from wicked ways. Repentance is a key to walking with God. You've got to repent from your sins. And it's not just something you do one time as an initial step in the plan of salvation as expressed in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. No, no, no. It's a daily thing. Paul said, I die daily. You and I, we repent and we continue to repent. It's a daily decision to turn from any wicked way that would be before us. Make up your mind today. And then every day from this point, continue to make that wise choice. I am going to serve the Lord today. I'm going to turn my back on the things of this world. The Lord told me how to live. The Lord taught me how to, how to be devoted, how to be dedicated to Him. I'm not going to go back on that. I'm turning my back on the things of this world. I'm spiritually distancing myself. Paul said, abstain from all appearance of evil. Peter said, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Let me give you a a biblical example of, of how repentance made all the difference. The prophet Jonah was told by God to go to Nineveh and preach the word of the Lord. You know what the word of God was in that great story of the prophet Jonah? This is the word of the Lord. Tell them... They're going to be judged, and that Nineveh is going to be destroyed. That was the word from the Lord. It was not, repent. That wasn't even the word, repent. The word was, judgment is coming. Jonah preached it just like God told him to preach it. Of course, he did go through, if you're familiar with the story, he went through some uh, challenging times, brought on by himself, ended up in a whale's belly, ended up vomited onto dry land. It was a very unique story in the Scriptures. But ultimately, he preached what God told him to preach. Judgment is coming. The Lord is going to bring his wrath upon Nineveh. And then he finished. You know what Nineveh did? From the king to the cattle, they covered themselves in sackcloth and ashes, and they repented. The whole city repented before God. That means they all turned from their wicked ways. And you know what happened? God from pouring out His wrath upon them. I'm telling you, there is power in repentance. Power in repentance. You can experience the great blessing of God in your life if you turn from your wicked ways and you spiritually distance yourself from those things that are clawing at you and trying to tear you down. I'm I'm, I'm here to tell you that you've never known peace like the peace that can come from living righteously with God. You've never known joy that can come from living righteously with God. You've never known love and fulfillment like you will in living righteously with God. Now, I know you've tried to live righteously before, and and you have failed. I know that, not because I'm a prophet, but because you're human and I'm human, and all of us have sinned coming short of the glory of God. We understand that our own physical, human, natural limitations, they prohibit us from being able to live righteously in our flesh. There's no righteousness in our flesh. We have no confidence in the flesh. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's a Holy Spirit. It's not just any spirit. It's a Holy Spirit, and it empowers us. The Holy Spirit, He empowers us to live righteously before the Lord and in the Lord. And so today, spiritually distance yourself. Distance yourself from that negativity. Distance yourself from that uncleanness. Distance yourself from that lust of the flesh or the pride of life or the love of money. Distance yourself from the lust of the eyes. Distance yourself from resentment or envy or anger that produces sin. Distance yourself from the influences that contribute to those habits and those patterns in your life. And I want you to know that God will be with you. God will go before you. He will strengthen you and give you power to overcome. Don't just spiritually distance yourself from things that are destructive, but separate yourself unto the Lord. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Separate, what does that mean? It means separate unto the Lord. And when we are separate unto the Lord, he does a mighty work in our life. I want to read to you this passage of Scripture again. It's important that we get a hold of it and that we let God minister it into our hearts and into our minds that we can grow and so that we can live. Second Corinthians chapter six. I want to remind you what it what it says. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And 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 don't be don't unequally yoked fellowship with righteousness with unrighteousness and light with darkness and Christ with Belial, but come out from among them. Notice what he says in verse 16. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of God. Do you know, never has that been more uh, apparent than in this hour when we haven't been able, literally have not been able, to come to the house of the Lord and worship God as we are accustomed. we've always known that we are the temple of God, but never have we had to absolutely understand it and practice it. And here the apostle Paul is saying, you are the temple of God. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols. He's looking into our hearts and he's saying, where did these idols come from? Why are these idols set up In the temple of God. Why? Why are you allowing certain things to take preeminence in your heart and in your mind? And he said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. What a beautiful thing to be received by God. You think about that. He's a holy God. He's a perfect God. He is righteous. He is righteousness. And he said, I will receive you. He's going to receive me who is unrighteous. He's going to receive me who is is full of fleshly filth and sinfulness. And the only thing that makes me clean is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He said, I have redeemed you. You come out of the thing I brought you out of and redeemed you from. You don't need to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It's time to take up your cross and follow Jesus. It's time to leave this world behind you. It reminds me of the old song that said, you can take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. We've seen this world shake in the last few weeks. I hope we understand now more than ever. And I hope we never lose sight of the fact that if we don't have Jesus, we don't have anything It's time to spiritually distance ourselves from all of those crutches and all of those influences that have warred against our soul for years. And it's time to cling to the old rugged cross and hold God's unchanging hand. Lift him up in our hearts and in our minds. Serve him daily. Live for him every moment of our life. Amen. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. I pray that you will be clean from this word that the Lord has spoken to us. And if we'll take it, receive it, place it into our hearts, truly repent of our sins, truly turn from our wicked ways, God will do a great work in our lives. I don't see how I could talk to you about this subject without going back to 2 Chronicles 7 and 13 and 14, where he said, if I bring drought and if I bring locusts and if I bring pestilence, if my people, which are called by my name, that's you and I, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's repentance, ladies and gentlemen, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. I'm gonna give you a little secret about that passage, okay? He said, if my people... Which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. You know, the hardest part of that whole thing is turning from our wicked ways. That's the hardest part. And we've all tried it and we've all failed at times to do it. But he said, if we'll do it, he'll forgive our sin, he'll heal our land. Now, Here's the secret I wanna share with you. If you will humble yourselves and pray and seek his face, humble yourself and pray and seek his face, it's gonna be easy to turn from your wicked ways. What makes it hard to turn from your wicked ways is when you try to do it on your own. What makes it easier is when you humble yourself Lay down all of your pride, all of your arrogance, all of your efforts, all of your preconceived thoughts, all of your justification for why this is okay and why that's okay and why do I got to turn from that? Lay all of that down. Humble yourself and pray, truly pray. Truly seek His face and He will give you the power to turn from your wicked ways. And then, 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 that's a big word, then... Well, I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. You just watch out. God is going to do something great in your life. Let's pray together right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this time we have in your word, and I thank you for your people, the Tree of Life Church. And I ask, Lord, that you will minister your word to our hearts and to our minds. Help us in the name of the Lord to receive from you in Jesus' name. Help us, O oh God, to overcome the wicked one that would try to distract us and, and, and send us down a road that would lead to our destruction. Help us, O oh God, as your word teaches us to pray. Lord, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, we ask you to give us this day our daily bread and give us the power we need, Lord, to overcome all sin and temptation. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for your time tonight. I pray that you and I, all of us, will spiritually distance ourselves from the things that are leading us to destruction and that we will embrace the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our minds, And let him work a truly amazing work in our life. God bless you in Jesus' name. You have a wonderful night.